Nettie handed Sorrel the envelope and stood behind her chair. It's postmarked days and days ago, sweetie, Nettie said, nudging her sister. It's from England. I know, I saw it earlier, Sorrel said and leaned her head against Nettie's side. I just forgot. Open it, Nettie sat down. Maybe you have a secret inheritance worth millions, hidden by dastardly relatives. Breathe, Miss Marple, Sorrel laughed. Honestly, I've gotten a bit afraid of the mail. Nevertheless, Sorrel turned the envelope over and slit it open. Inside was a handwritten letter. She passed it to Nettie. Here, you read it, Sorrel said. Nettie took the letter and made a show of smoothing it out and holding it before her as if she needed glasses. A letter. On paper. With ink and such penmanship, Nettie said. I feel a good story coming on. She began reading, and as she did, both sisters felt their curiosity rise. When she finished, Nettie looked at Sorrel with one eyebrow raised. Well, he's confident I'll say that, Sorrel said. I haven't agreed to anything, and he's got me all Sherlock to his Watson. How great would it be, Sorrel, if you did take him up on that offer? I mean, an adventure of this sort doesn't come along often. Not for us, anyway. Yeah, but it's no unexpected fortune, Sorrel said as she took the letter from Nettie. Nettie slapped the table. Close enough, she crowed. Jackpot, Sorrel. Go forth and garden. The sisters spent more days discussing Sorrel's grand adventure, as they called it. Everyone weighed in with the pros, no one with a single con. Fiona Hathaway brought over a picture of her brother, Graham, in knickerbockers and a beanie hat, jam on his face and a teddy bear in his hand. In case you are concerned that he's a bit grand, she said, and to reassure you that he is often silly, in the nicest way. Sorrel did not so much make a decision about the trip as get pulled into it by her sisters and friends. Henry Carlyle offered his well-worn Michelin Guide to London from 1994. Ben Evelar made Sorrel promise to try eel pie. She would not. Charlotte Mayo gave her a beautiful leather passport case and a packet of wet wipes. Charlotte was a new mother and overly cautious these days. Simon Mayo, who, after Patience's trial, found himself unreasonably prone to tears, gave Sorrel a pile of old-fashioned, nearly transparent blue aerograms left over from his postgrad year at Oxford. Please keep in touch, he said with a sniff. Oh, Simon, Patience barked. She's only going to be gone for a couple of months, and it's not as if you see each other every day as it is but in a town as small as Granite Point, they pretty much did. So now, when all was said and done, and the sisters were standing together, straight-backed and smelling of cedar closets and lavender, it was a bit of a shock to think that Sorrel would be on her own for the first time. More so as the sisters leapt into getting her ready for her trip. There was no way around it. Sorrel was flying the nest, and as much as her family and friends might wish to keep her close, they also wanted her to find her wings. Leaving is not the same as running away, Sorrel thought as she smashed shut the lid of her suitcase. Like her sisters, she was an infrequent traveller, so her luggage was not, unlike that of the rest of the world, on wheels. It was, in fact, her mother's suitcase and was made of leather.
worn smooth and shiny, not from use but with storage. Sorrel had had a devil of a time finding the thing in the attic, and then dragging it down the back stairs and across the hall to her room. She could have asked Patience or Nettie for help, but then she would have had to listen to their opinions again. She realized that a big reason that she had accepted the invitation was that she was tired of being one of three, or just one of the three Sparrow Sisters. Sorrel needed to be herself, just herself, and now she would. It was the cusp of May, and Sorrel Sparrow had tidied away everything she could at work. The Sparrow Sisters' nursery had suffered that last summer just as much as Patience had. It had taken weeks of clean-up, and an awful lot of careful attention for the flowers and fruits, the vegetables and herbs, to recover from the weather and the hurtful feet and hands that had come through tearing and grinding, stomping and ripping, until the nursery looked not so much like...